Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit. I am your host, Brian Biking. Joining me tonight again, we have the guys, Ryan and Kenny. How are you guys doing tonight? Howdy. We're back. It's like, uh, I feel like Ryan and I, we've been talking every day for multiple hours, every day for the past few weeks. So. Past. It's like when you're younger and you used to spend the night at each other's house and you, you get the video games. I don't know if you, ha- you know, have their parents order a pizza, maybe two liter of big Go red. To Blockbuster, I feel like that's kind of where you're at, except you're just mixing the big red with <laughs> pursuit. <laughs> yeah. Back when uh, I think what stuffed crust pizza was like the thing and you go and get that from Pizza Hut and you're like, oh, oh this gosh. is amazing. I can't believe they did this. Oh, yeah. Play Halo all night long. <laughs> Kenny, you were at a brewery or something like that nearby, right? That uh, you checked out not too not too far away from us recently that had some, what was it? Some Buffalo Trace barrel aged something. What was it? Yeah, it was it was called Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. Is this new, actually, it's not, I don't know how new it is. I just, I ended up taking my daughter to this place that's like a kid's gym sort of thing and it's in this middle of it's well it felt like an industrial park in southern indiana and i was sitting there and i told my wife i was like well i'm already across the river i'm not driving 20 minutes back to come back home and wait for this thing to be done because as soon as i got back home i got to turn around and head on back so i'm sitting there just playing on my phone and i hear this other dad say is there another is there a place around here i can grab a beer and watch some basketball and this lady said yeah there's a brewery just right around the corner and I kind of perked my ears up and pulled up the Google Maps, and sure enough, it was less than a quarter mile away. It was literally like I could walk there if I really wanted to, and it was this place called Our Lady of Perpetual Hops, and you know me. I, I love my stouts and my porters, and I really love my barrel-aged stouts, and they had this barrel-aged stout that was done in a Weller barrel, and it was pretty, it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. I have no cool stories. About breweries. <laughs> say, what cool beer have you been drinking? Ryan? Miller Lite. That's all I drink <laughs> beer wise. I just like Miller's. Basic and clean. I got two things I'm sipping tonight. The first is uh, a Three Floyd Scottish style ale, Robert the Brute. And then I also have, uh, timely to the episode, I am sipping on the Pursuit series episode 43. So you got, you got like that? a polar maker oh, yeah. going. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as I'm sipping this episode, I wanted to talk tonight about the pursuit series like the episodes right and so i wanted we were we were talking you know as we do sometimes before the show uh, about inventory levels where people can you know we can see where the pursuit bourbon where the pursuit united rye levels are whether or not we should mention to folks that they're available to grab again and you know in that too we have some of the episode bottles that are still left around and it had me just wondering with all the episodes that that we've done so far i just wanted to open this up if there were favorite episode bottles for you all, either for what the bottle was or story that that comes with sharing the bottle or if there's stories behind the bottle themselves. So that's going to be the whole episode tonight is kind of breaking down some of your all's favorite episodes bottles. And just as a spoiler too, I would say coming up in the future, we'll probably pull some Bourbon Pursuit fans into the show if we could and also get some takes from them on their favorite episode bottles too. So we're looking forward to that here in an upcoming episode. Not yet recorded, but we'll get down there before the opening up. Let's talk about it, guys. Give me some. Uh, go ahead and someone, one of you, jump in here and start off. So with do you have time to cover all forty six? Because they're all. No, I'm kidding. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got plenty of time, man. All of our favorite. We'll cover favorites. one each minute. No. Before we do that, I, I kind of want to make sure that we we set the stage. If any never listened to the one of the first episodes when we kind of talk about like what is pursuit series. So pursuit series is the single barrel offering and the idea of, we call them episodes is that everything has a 
well, we considered a loosely connected theme, but actually it's, it's probably pretty tight at the end of the day. So the idea of an episode, the same way you have a podcast episode, we ended up calling our single barrels episodes. And with the the way that we try to make this a little bit different is it's just not, this is barrel number 2821 and here's the proof. I hope you like it. I mean, we try to do something a little bit different. And if you're listening to podcasts, you probably see this little thing. If you go to the description, they're called show notes. And we put a show note on every single one of the episodes as well. When I say episodes, the actual one of the single barrels. And so it's our play. It's our little funny spin on tasting notes. And the idea was that we wanted to find one thing that really stuck out that we could really harp on and kind of talk about. And that's that was really, really the the idea of, of bringing that and being able to, to show that because we've all bought a single barrel and had no idea what we're getting ourselves into. But if you trust one of us and you like what we like as well, and you kind of get the same exact sort of tasting notes, you're going to get an idea of what you're going to be getting inside those bottles. So I kind of want to just preface that first to make sure that people understood the, the idea behind the episodes and the show notes and, and everything else before we really went deep into it. Let's go ahead. We'll start off with number one. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that when we look back at, at some of the earlier ones, I, you know, one, two, and three really stuck out in my head only because I felt like we had, okay, I feel like, feel like we had the cream of the crop, but it really wasn't. It was just sort of, and that's the thing about single barrels. It's just luck. It's luck of the draw. It's luck of what you get that day. It's luck of what people roll out. And, you know, with number one, we've told the story plenty of times before that just happened to be the one that was the one that sent us down this path. That was the one that we said beat Henry McKenna 10 in a blind or at least tasted better to us. And we realized that, hey, we're going to we're gonna do this. This is going to be a fun little adventure. And that one kind of really stuck out. But for me, you know, in those, those first three, number two is also one of my favorites. And oddly enough, we never found one exactly like it after that. That was when we had taken our first trip down to Memphis and we were going through and looking for some of these first single barrels. And they had rolled out, I think, two, maybe three of the 14-year barrels, something Mm -hmm. like that. And when we had an opportunity to try them, I was like, oh God, this is like, this would rival some of the best purple tops that I've ever tried. It would rival some of the best, you know, just some of the best ones that I've ever had, just because it, even at 14 years old, it probably drank like it was closer to 18 or 19, just with its big oak influence. I mean, if I could go get the bottle, you would just be able to see like, just like how dark it is. And that one is anybody that knows me, my kind of my pseudo nickname is Sweet Oak. And that, that one just definitely stands out as, as one of the ones that we, we really liked it was probably more my favorite than it was Ryan's favorite, but that's kind of like the, the the democracy that comes into play there. And I just remember when we were talking about the show notes for it, the only thing that came in your mind was oak. And that's why the show note that said Corcus Alba, go Google it or go look it up or something like that. That's what, yeah, I remember we were in Kenny's basement and I actually think episode two is like claimed by someone else. <laughs> I think... When we were there, like uh, Macaulay, the guy was where I think someone had actually, and he's like, well, let me just see if we can give you this barrel or whatnot. Yeah, it was a super oaky, just really unique. It, it was really good. Uh, you know, it's right up Kenny's wheelhouse. I mean, that's that's his love language is that sweet oak. You know, whereas episode one and episode three, episode three was, I have a soft spot in my heart for that one too, the, the creamery. But yeah, I remember we were trying to name them. I was thinking back... Cause I took botany and horticulture for school and 
we had to go and like identify every species of tree and know know the scientific and Latin name. And I was like, Corcus Alba. And Kenny's like, what's that? And I was like, look it up. <laughs> and so that <laughs> kind of became uh, the show notes for those. You know, those two, those were great show notes. And after that, we kind of, they were two hit wonders. And then <laughs> we were kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. We were kind of reaching after that. But I mean, those first three barrels were really special. And then, gosh, even episodes four through, I think, nine or ten was like our second picks. Cause I think the first three episodes we kind of picked in like August and then, or no, it was in like July. And then we came back in like November and it was just like right after, you know, it just got cold. So the wood, you know, the, the barrels had, you know, contracted or whatever. I think that's right out of the wood. And my gosh, though, I think fourth or nine was like a hell of a run. Episode four was like that, I think we wanted to call it Memphis Velvet or something. That was, yeah, it was ended up being the friends and family release that didn't really make it out beyond. Friends yeah, and family. so we did that one is like, and it was like what a hundred proof, I think, right at a hundred proof, and it was so easy and yeah, just a guzzler. I'm I'm only down to one bottle, and I tried to, I had it recently, like a month ago, and I was like, my God, I forgot how good this one was. But yeah, fourth or nine was like an incredible run, and that <laughs> it's ironic we had like. Kenny invited like five or six of our Patreon supporters early on, you know, and it kind of threw our Macaulay, our barrel guy for a loop. He's like, I thought you two were just showing up. And Kenny's like, well, we got a whole crew (laughs) here. And so we tasted their, you know, 30 or 40 barrels that time. And we got some crazy good ones. Like episode five is. That's a fan favorite. It's one of my favorite. I mean, I've never, you know, I think the show notes say something about, a pioneer churning butter or something and because it tastes just like straight butter and I, I i've never tasted anything like that in anything else and you know six was gosh now i'm just running back they're they're all good brian we gotta talk about every one of them you mean when you think about five like five was great you know the one i think i, I kind of switched gears a little bit too is let's talk about 10 so 10 was our first venture into something that was outside yeah tennessee the, the the broker i mean that's because when we started doing these, I mean, as we start selecting, you can imagine you start picking out barrels and, you know, you hear this like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching in the background. You're like, okay, we have, we have some idea of and not making money. We're spending money, by the way, when we're, we're selecting all these barrels. And, and we realized at that point, we have an opportunity to be able to work with some other distilleries to be able to start bringing them in and white labeling. And that's kind of when we saw the opportunity in front of us that said, Hey, we've got a a pretty good audience of huge whiskey enthusiasts out there. How about we try and kind of have, and Ryan, as he always says, it's all about win-wins. And so the idea is let's go talk to these distilleries and see if they will sell us barrels, but under the premise that if we, if we buy them from them, that we're going to use them in our pursuit series or potentially even a United line, but we're going to be very vocal about where they come from. And if you'll look on the show notes, it actually says where these barrels come from for some of these other distilleries that we work with. And so episode 10 was the first time that we had done something with Finger Lakes Distilling, which of course, you know, is now a big part of our United project and and everything like that. So being able to kind of establish that relationship, and that was the first time that we had really been introduced to their weeded recipe, even though it's kind of one of their flagships, we 
had the opportunity to go and select a barrel of our own after we had some samples shipped to us. And I think we selected maybe one or two barrels out of that particular lineup. And that one just ended up being the first one that we said, like, there's something here because it was this sort of juicy fruit gum. I mean, it just had a lot of good flavors coming into it. And I think that's honestly probably what helped put a lot of people onto Finger Lakes as well. People now are buying the regular McKenzie bottles and everything like that. So I, I really hope that, you know, a lot of the distilleries that we do partner with for a lot of these, they, they see the value and be able to allow us to, and it's always the thing. It's like, let us pay you to buy your barrel and we will do free advertising. And so it's like, it's, it's a huge win for their part. But I also understand that some people don't want to let go of their brand or their identity or anything like that. But we, we definitely always want to make it a win-win and be able to showcase different distillate and all these different distilleries in our product because we can we can get it in front of a, a different audience much less than than they do they'd be able to and so we, we just want to make sure that everybody's kind of uh happy with it so you know anyway 10 was a, a fantastic one and i'll kind of skip ahead just a little bit 11 as well as as probably one of my i think we had talked about this at, at some point too brian through a text message string i said I think I, I forget what night it was. It must've been a Friday or Saturday night and I was going through and I was just drinking a bunch of stuff and I poured 11 and I was like, Oh man, this might've been one of the best barrels we ever picked because it is seriously tasted like salted caramel. And that was just one that I was like, oh, gosh, Lee, I wish we could find this. Again I don't know. Cause we lost our ass on that barrel. We didn't make it. That's <laughs> true. We did. I we think, we, think lost we lost $500. Cause like when you, I don't think people understand like, you know, when you buy a single barrel from a just a distillery, you pay per the case. Well, in our case, we buy a barrel, no matter how many bottles are in it or not in it, it's the same cost. And then that one was just ironic, like weirdly a very, very short barrel. After we sold it, we're like, well, we lost 500 bucks on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even after, it's not even like we sold, like we, we got it to seal box and then, you know, of course there's a, there's a delay in getting paid. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're hamstringing money for a little bit on that one. So yeah, I'm glad we had it, but it was definitely a lesson in everything that we do as well, just because this is one of those industries that you have to take uh, take a little time to to start figuring some of that sort of stuff out too. Yeah, just touch on episode 10 too. That was kind of, you know, for me, that was a big moment just to, I guess for us and maybe the whiskey community just to understand that, okay, now there's other people outside of Kentucky making, you know, great whiskey at a young age and, it was just kind of eye-opening, and Brian and them were gracious enough to let us work with them, but it just kind of sent us down this path of, like, I was so excited when we tried their products that it just kind of sent us down this path where we're like, well, we can just not just be a typical source, Dickel, MGP, Barton kind of brand, even though we did a lot of Dickel, but it was just kind of opened this door of opportunity that allowed us to uh, work with some unique partners in that sense. And we've built some, you know, great relationships uh, throughout this whole process. So not only unique partners, it's nice to hear this story knowing, you know, where we are with United, you know, before then United was maybe a thought, but that's not what you were putting product yeah. ahead towards. So it's cool to hear that what started as we're just venturing outside of the broker we're just going to try something new in this portfolio of these episode bottles to, to now something that's, 
you know, such a core piece of what the United product is. Yeah. And it gives us that unique factor. I remember us pitching Brian on it and I was like, Brian, we need, we're McDonald's and we need you to be our potato farmer. <laughs> Give us some fries. No, but uh, yeah, it just, it really opened our mindset to say like, okay, we can do something unique and different because there are great people outside of Kentucky making, you know, really good distillate and stuff. So uh, yeah, that, that tin will always be a soft spot for me just because it, yeah, it kind of gave us that inspiration for what we didn't even know at the time, but to where we are today. I remember you, when you were started blending United and you were using bottles of 10 to do it with. And I was like, I don't know, this seems like a really <laughs> risky idea. I don't know if we should do yeah. this. And you're like, yeah, don't do that. And I was like, we have to, it's, it just adds, <laughs> it just adds, it just rounds out United so well, which it, it's yeah so I'm, I'm so pumped we have uh, finger lakes and have that in the blend and have a future or a current working relationship but a bright future with them as well moving forward and and so i guess this this also kind of leads us up it, i love going in the sequential order i'm actually kind of looking at the website as we're going through these and that kind of leads up to episode 14 which ended up being the first private barrel that we had ever sold and that went to justin's house of bourbon and that was really sort of a cool moment as well, only because now they're a great partner when it comes to United. They're a huge advocate of everything that we do, and we really love supporting everything that they're doing as well. But it, it just showed that there was there was opportunity to be able to take this to a, a, a wider scale and having somebody like them go and select it because I think they're just like us. They don't have these preconceived notions of, oh, it's Tennessee bourbon. I'm not going to drink that. I think they're they're just like us. They, they want to be able to have great whiskey at a relative good price and everything like that as well. But that was also the first real big, I think, learning experience uh, that we, we got to when we had to go through traditional distribution. We were selling, and, and for the most part, you know, we were looking at, this was like our 14-year-old stock that we had selected and we had access to. And we were selling those on Sealbox for $110. That's crazy. We knew, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, look back and we're like, golly. But we were sold, selling them on Sealbox for $110. And they, they were selling well. Like, it wasn't flying off the shelves by any means, but it was selling pretty well. However, when you take it into traditional distribution, you kind of forget that whole middle layer that wants to also take their 25 to 30%. We wanted to keep our same margin. I mean, we, we made we knew what our margin was when we were selling through Sealbox and we were happy with it because we felt like we were like, okay, we're, we're going to be able to make a little bit of money on this, but we're not going to be underwater. We're not going to be scraping by like anything like that. But when we went to traditional distribution, we wanted to keep that same level of margin. However, when that happened, our SRP on the shelf went from 110 to 150. And so that was the, the harsh reality of what we realized when we had to go to traditional distribution is we have to keep those those costs in mind to make sure that we have to, you know, kind of create that that barrier, that uh, that cushion only because that's, you know, you have to you have to take care of everybody down the line that needs to kind of get their their piece of the action there. So it was a learning experience for us, but again, it was also one of those things when we had talked to the Justins and I remember being actually worried about $150 price point and they said, no, you're good. And he was, he said, you have no idea how many people come in every single week and they're like, I'm looking for a bottle that's a hundred to $200. 
And it, a lot of that just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in the whiskey world. I mean, you've got some now, but back then there wasn't a whole lot. And so he said 150 is actually a pretty good price point for looking for something that's relatively premium. And this was in 2019. Yeah. And that was a cool moment for us too, because it was the first time having your product in your home state and you could send people to somewhere to get was, you know, because it's before everyone I knew would be like, no, go to this website, you know, and in order, you know, I promise it'll, I promise <laughs> it'll show up, but to see it in a store and what, 150, 160, but I don't even know how many bottles it was, but and I was like so grateful to the Justin. Well, I could tell you it's 158 bottles. 158. Perfect. <laughs> they took a chance on us and I'm super thankful. And it kind of, we got to learn traditional distribution and Heidelberg's been a great, a great partner to work with as a distributor and kind of made us realize that, hey, distributors aren't all so bad. <laughs> you know, they were, they were been great to us. And uh, yeah, that, that's a special Special one as well, because I think they took that and or we sold the one to Justin's and then they took a barrel themselves, right? Episode 15. Yeah, they wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, because they are like, well, you know, load up the pallet. We'll take a barrel too. <laughs> sure. Why not? So we'll give you a barrel. And they, they kind of let us just pick and choose and write the show notes and everything like that. I also think when we go back to uh, the show notes as well as on episode 14, I remember talking to Caroline when she had sent her show notes in because it just says buddy caramel on the nose, rich in oak and leather on the palate, char and pepper on the finish. It was like tasting notes. And when she caught wind that everything we do is a spin on something like episode 12 says, step right up, try your hand at this funnel cake without the mess. She goes, I had no idea I was supposed to be funny with this or witty. I just <laughs> wrote the notes. I was, and I was like, well, you can do whatever you want, but that's that's yeah, our I remember notes. when they I was like, So Justin, we need your show notes and he submitted me that and I was like, Wow, you took right straight off the bourbon wheel <laughs> and then <laughs> bourbon flavor wheel and then Caroline said that and I was like, Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I mean that's that's the fun part, like being able to kind of talk about those show notes and, and have those, it, those those kind of backgrounds into it. I just well. remember early on, just whenever a barrel would release, you'd sit there and like refresh seal box every six hours, see how many sold this and that, you know, cause you know, it's a big price tag, you know, we thought for people and we were like, are they going to take a chance on us or not? And they did. And not everything flew off, but they, everything has sold off, sold, sold out up to this point, except for what 43 and 46. That's always nerve wracking because you, you're like, you feel like you're given a good product, but you want the market to, you know, confirm that. With 15, 14, 15, we had a great run. And then 17 was like a <laughs> once, once in a, a lifetime, lifetime kind of thing. Yeah, opportunity. And so, you know, and I can't get in. People who have it know. But <laughs> I had no idea that it would move that fast. That was like craziness to me. It was like the first, you know, we felt like we were pappy or BTAC for one day, you know, it was like, what I, Kenny dealt with all the shenanigans with it. I remember him just like texting me at like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. when it went out. And he's like, what the hell? You know, this is just pure hell. <laughs> it's like shit has just hit the fan because <laughs> it sold out so fast. Yeah, that was that was sold out in probably less than five minutes, something like that. You know, I, I don't remember. What was it? 180 something bottles. So it, and I had 115 a piece, but it's, it definitely has the connotation that people are, are, are looking at from a Kentucky bourbon. And 
we have one more in inventory, <laughs> so who knows when it's going to go out. Uh, you know, this was released a few years ago when it was six. Uh, that other barrel now is eight, and we're still trying to figure out what to do with it. We've got some ideas we're playing around with, so that that day will yeah. come. But we'll we'll kind of we'll we'll cross that bridge. When but we that get was there. a think, special day too, just picking those barrels. Like um, you know, it was just me and Kenny and the gentleman who <laughs> you know took us around his warehouse and. It's just like a dream come true, you know, going through there and getting to try every different mash bill from different tiers and, you know, just seeing what the product tastes like at different places in the warehouse. And he's like, all right, I think I know what you all want. And he takes us there and he's like, try these two. And we try and we're like, You're, this is exactly right. This is what we want. <laughs> and so, you know, and then it was just a special day and uh, one I'll never forget and one Hopefully we get to do it again. Just thinking back on that, it's it yeah. was it was a special day for me. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it too much. But if you want to know more about it, you can go to <laughs> PursuitSpirits.com and look at episode 17. And you'll be able to get all the information you want out of yeah. it. So we'll kind of move forward a little bit because if we keep going to this, Ray, we're going to go we're gonna go through this for an hour. Um, but, you know, there's there's one other special one and it just happens to be the <laughs> next sequential, which happened to be episode 18. We are going to go through everyone. <laughs> and I know. I was like, damn it, we've actually done a lot of good ones. Um, but 18 was definitely a, that was one that I think surprised a lot of folks. So this was our second release from Finger Lakes. And this happened to be a rye barrel. Yeah, and we picked that rye barrel and when we picked the episode 10. But we let it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm interrupting. Yeah, no, no, no. It was exactly what happened. We picked it when we picked episode 10. And when we moved everything to Memphis to our our warehouse and bottling facility at the time. When we picked it, it didn't taste anything like it did when we bottled. I no idea what happened, what changed or anything like that. But it was down in Memphis for probably what, almost six months to a yeah. year, maybe something like that. And during that time, it changed, it flipped. I don't know what it was, but it was something... Uh, I'll go ahead and give uh, Jordan a shout out here. Uh, somebody that's on our, our Discord and everything like that. He called it Memphis Magic, and that truly was. I mean, it's something that really flipped the, the flavor of it. And it went from, you know, a traditional kind of rye-tasting whiskey to something that was, I mean, it just had some some butter into it. It had this, you know, we put in the show notes, it said, uh, basically it says, Grandma's Perfect Pie can't compare to this rye with butter crust and blueberry lemon filling from Finger Lakes Distilling. So it just had a lot of just unique flavors into it that I don't think anybody had before. And that was one of those also ones that kind of had a slow start when it sold. But as soon as people got it and started talking about it, it just started snowballing from there and people just kept buying it up. And then we had another release. I have to go and look at it later down the line. That was kind of a a, a sister, not a sister, but it was kind of a follow-up to episode 18 and it was kind of like it. It didn't hit all the same, you know, that distance of it. But for the most part, it was. It definitely had the the same kind of characteristics to it as well. Yeah, that I still can't explain that barrel because it tasted just like a normal raw whiskey when we picked it out, and we're like, "Oh, it's pretty good," and you know, I'm happy with it. And then like it it went from like a bourbon to a rum somehow. It, it's just crazy what happened to that barrel. We haven't. I mean, we got close to recreating it. Not yeah. as close. Not as close as we, we probably could have thought the, we would have And we've bought either, barrels but. that we have now that it's the same exact mash bill, like same exact year, everything. And it just, they don't taste like that barrel did. It's it's wild. I don't know. It's weird. 
whiskey is a crazy thing. It's why it's the perfect product because you never know. It's just you'll get those one offs that just are magical. Yeah. Oh, it was episode 41 was the one that was kind of like the follow up to it. 40, that's all right. 41. I'm looking on the spreadsheet. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Everything's on the spreadsheet. You know, I try to keep I try to keep pretty good details of, of everything that that we were running through. I mean, there was there's been so many good ones. I mean, I'm now that you maybe pull up the spreadsheet, I'm looking at it. There's some that uh, the one that was like bourbon or amaretto, uh, which was episode 28. I really loved episode 31 when, and here's the other thing. I think it's, we have to be able to also be cautious about when we talk about our show notes is that I never wanted to get in trouble getting a seasoned assist or getting some sort of copyright infringement or anything like that. So anything we do cannot have a brand name or anything that can be even just no brand name. Like just, just don't go there because I think that's one of those things that Ryan's always like, Oh yeah, it's like juicy fruit gum. Like we can't (laughs) say the word juicy fruit. Like we got to figure out like something else. And so I remember episode 31 was like Dr. Pepper. And I said, well, we can't put Dr. Pepper on there. So we put, here's the 23 flavors that the doctor ordered. So it was just one of those things that we've got to figure out a way to kind of spin it in a way that doesn't necessarily get us in any, any legal ramifications. Yeah. And then, gosh, I'm looking, we are going to cover every episode. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, the first uh, Tennessee rye we ever did, man, that was a, a good one too. And we, we said put the lime and the coconut and maybe that was, I don't know, not totally correct. But I think that was me <laughs> that came up with that one. Yeah. You know, you, you used to do a bunch and then it came down to me. I was just like, all right, I'm going to do a few yeah. too. And uh, and I think I ran with that one and you were kind of like, I don't really know. And I was like, well, I, I kind of get the lime part. Maybe the coconut's a stretch. Yeah. And then I'm looking like episode 25, a spelt barrel from Finger Lakes. So, so it spelts like a variety of wheat. But man, yeah, that one's... Another special Finger Lakes bro. Gosh, there's so many good ones in here. I'm just gonna, sorry. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> well, instead of us, instead of us running through here, Brian, maybe you should just ask yeah, us a question we'll because we could, we people could, are probably like, how yeah, can we see it? I think it's interesting because you guys have been, you guys have connections to all these barrels. It's really intriguing because as of right now, right, all you can do is go through the page and see the show notes and then in the episode. So, I mean, you all, you all are welcome to keep going, but if we wanted to sum it up, I would, and you all have already mentioned some good stories and connections to a few of these barrels. But if you wanted me to ask a very pointed question, I would say, which is your favorite pursuit series episode bottle? If you could only pick one, which one's your favorite and what's the reason for it? I know Kenny's answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll go back to my original of, of episode two. I Like I said, there's just something there in that one that just has Weedle. not been replicated. It just has not been replicated. And I'll I'll be damned if I ever find it again, but I don't think it'll ever come about. There's, there's just something about it that you just got this just good tannicky sweetness to it. And I, I don't know. It's just something that I, I really enjoyed. And that was just so early on, but you know, hopefully, hopefully we've got, we've got one more barrel that's an inventory and I think it's 18 years, 17 years right now, something like that. So that's just one we're going to kind of hang on to and, you know, probably let it hit that, that two zero, uh, 17 <laughs> years. So we'll probably let it hang out and hit that two zero mark. I'm just like, do you, are there other products that you like to drink that you that that two is close to is two only unlike any others when it comes to the the barrels that you all have picked up for 
series or have you not found another product like it at all there's not there's not i mean i, I tell you brian i'm I only have one bottle left. You know, when we used, <laughs> it's unopened and I can't open it. Yeah, I'm being honest with you. It's it's we used to go and gosh, now looking back, it was the coolest and luckiest thing ever. And there would be all these 14 and 15 year barrels lined up and we would reject them. And we'd only pick you know, a handful of them just because we're like, oh yeah, we're only gonna pick the best of the best of the best. Now going back, I mean, we, we probably could have been a little bit less picky because they were. Yeah, all I remember that good. McCall was always like, "You pursuit guys need to <laughs> lower your standards." <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're just going back. Like we never found one, even after we were chasing through probably a hundred more of them. Never found one that was just like it. Yeah, this is this is tough for me to pick. If I if you think it's like picking your favorite child, it is. It's exactly like that. I'm asking you to do that. <laughs> Probably for me, like taste wise, I'm gonna have to go with episode five. There's nothing else I can. It's like two. There, I haven't tasted anything that's similar to that one with that buttery. It's 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 not just like a hint of butter. It's like a full full on Irish butter stick, just country crock <laughs> in there. Episode seventeen is one two that. It was such a just a magical day and it kind of like catapulted us, I think, and got people that maybe didn't take us seriously, probably took us seriously after that. So I don't know. That one's from a memory standpoint, I'm going to go with that one. But like as far as flavor, I think episode five for me is. And before we kind of close out here, I also want to just give a shout out to Woodenville as well as Starlight, who we've also partnered with on a lot of these barrels. I mean, they're all fantastic. We wouldn't just pick and choose these things because they're like, oh, this is what we have. Do you want it or not? No, I mean, they they roll out the red carpet and they're very honest and and open with us. And, you know, they're saying like, here, here's what we have. This is what you can choose from and everything like that. And we we got to pick some really good barrels over the years and we've still got some more in inventory and we can't wait to be able to release those as Pursuit Series here in the future as well. I appreciate you all giving a couple of teasers of things still in the inventory to come and as exciting as that is what's right around the corner like what can we look forward to in the more immediate future in the pursuit series episodes lines it's a good question uh so right now there's there's already been two barrels that have been selected by folks that are in the bourbon pursuit discord community so shout out to those uh those group of fellows that came and selected two of them one of them is actually a starlight barrel and so we'll be getting that and going into the future is uh, sort of, I wouldn't say TBD, we're, we're working on it relentlessly right now. It's more or less a, an idea of what can we do with supply chain and glass and labels and everything like that, and making sure that we can take care of probably, we probably only do maybe four barrel selections this year in addition to that. And that's just because of lack of inventory. We really just don't have much else beyond there. And I, I'd hate to give somebody a barrel selection and say, well, we only have two barrels, so you can pick one or the other. I would rather be able to give people a, a, a nice hefty selection of things to kind of taste from. But unfortunately, it's just the nature of what it is, is that the ability for us to go and earmark barrels and hold them and be able to sell them at, at will and at you know, whenever is no longer a capability. And 
right now we're focused on United and putting down a lot of those barrels for new make. But the good thing is, is in the future that and we've already said it before, is that a lot of the barrels that we're putting down now, not all of them are going into United. You know, um, are going to either be for special projects or going into Pursuit Series. So we're going to have the ability to select from four different distilleries with multiple mash bills for your own sort of Pursuit Series that would be in a united blend so that's that's really what the future kind of holds well should i say way down the line but for the immediate future it's still kind of tbd in regards of bottling and figuring out some of the logistics behind it but that is currently being worked on i appreciate you getting into the history of these uh, pursuit series bottles your favorite episodes i think it's really interesting i know you all were a little concerned about the length but i think it's just cool to hear your all's passion behind that and to know that you know there there's more to it than just Let's put it in a bottle. Let's slap some show notes on there and let's get it out there that there's, you know, real attachment to some of these as well. It's exciting. We'll do that, another show where we go through the second half of the ones we didn't get through. That's right. <laughs> we only got to what, 20 or something? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Guys, if you want to hear that, if you want to hear the other episodes talked about specifically, feel free to email us at podcast at pursuitspirits.com. If you have other topics, questions for the guys, questions for me, email us in we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear if there's other things you want to hear us talk about on future episodes here on behind the pursuit subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast tell a friend about it we'd love to continue to grow the show and find stuff that you all are digging hearing about as always gentlemen thanks for joining me and thanks to all of you for tuning in once again to behind the pursuit Mm -hmm.